everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Heartland Franchise Guide, your insider's guide to all things franchising and small business in the local area. I'm Blake Martin, local small business franchise owner and your Heartland Franchise Guide. This is the place for advocacy, resources, and education on all things franchising and small business in the local area, and it's a great place for any aspiring or existing entrepreneur to stop by if they're just trying to learn more about the franchising industry. So it's taken me roughly 100 episodes of recording to get it down that fluidly, and I actually nailed it for once, Dylan. took about 99 episodes, but I bring that up because that's going to be the last time I do that intro. This is our sunset episode on the Heartland Franchise Guy, at least for now. I've always given the advice that businesses have to evolve, and I believe in taking my own advice. I have been very, very lucky to be a part of this Heartland Franchise Guy, and I've learned a lot from it, and it becomes a big investment of time. And so it's time to move on for now, and we're fortunate to have our first ever guest back with us, Nikki Wolf, owner of Assisted Living Locators in Omaha. We'll talk all about the business, etc. But Nikki, we wanted to have you back because you were our first guest several years ago. I guess if you count a COVID gap there, three years ago, mm-hmm. you were our first guest when I was terrible at this podcasting thing. <laughs> As was I. <laughs> and I needed you to totally carry me that day. So thank you again for that. If any of you can find that first episode, it's when we were audio only. Thank goodness there was no video. Uh, but we were talking about your relatively new business, mm-hmm. and we were talking about a business where you help place seniors in retirement communities, seniors and disabled adults, that need to find a memory care, assisted living, independent living. Mm-hmm. And we were having that conversation in the middle of COVID. It was Really crazy. at the beginning of COVID. <laughs> yeah. So I imagine a lot has changed. And since we're talking about evolving and me evolving away from this, I thought what better episode than to talk about how your business has evolved and changed over the last three years. So I'm not going to ask you to unload on that question right now. Let's start with something a little bit easier. Tell us succinctly, what do you do at Assisted Living Locators? So at Assisted Living Locators, I am an owner and elder care advisor. And franchise owner. And franchise Uh owner. Been about five and a half years. Been in business. And I help seniors and their families that need to make a transition. So whether they're in their own home or they're in the hospital or they're in rehab and really trying to help them navigate the transition um, into senior living, really. So anything from independent living, assisted living, memory care, or in-home care resources. Mm -hmm. And then I am compensated by the community versus the family. So I do not charge a fee to my families or my seniors for what I do. So if mom or grandma or dad or the uncle, they need help finding the right community, doesn't cost them anything. They just have to be willing to invest the time Mm -hmm. and value the knowledge that you, I mean, you must know everything about (laughs) retirement communities in the area. So I imagine somebody could be researching for hundreds of hours and they're still not going to get up to speed where you are. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, it's just like anything else that you're trying to research. So having someone that's an expert in that area that's in and out of the communities all the time. I know the availability, how much they cost, who takes Medicaid, who doesn't. Mm -hmm. And it's just such an emotional process for families that I'm able to kind of take that part out of it for them so they can just kind of go through the research process and tour the facilities. Yeah. So 
Yeah. Wow. You know, having a backup, we met in senior care before mm-hmm. either of us started our franchises, before I had anything to do with FranNet or you had anything to do with assisted living locators. So you know that I know how important this service is. And it's just, it fascinates me that somebody at the, at the outset, at the sunrise of, of your industry, of your category, was smart enough to figure out, let's do this in a way that doesn't cost the family anything. Question for you, kind of a leading question, mm-hmm. but it's a fair one because people wonder it, right? So doesn't cost them anything, but then when they move in, isn't the retirement community cost charging them a little bit more to cover your service? No. <laughs> so they that cannot. That's the answer I was hoping for. <laughs> no. They cannot add on a fee, and they do not add on any sort of extra fee for working with me. What's the value to them? Again, softball question. What's the value right. to that retirement community? Why would they pay you a fee? So I am essentially really helping drive business to their community. So I'm an outside marketing expense for them, in other words. So Variable I am, cost. Yeah, yep. basically. So I'm a necessary evil mm-hmm. for them because if they don't have people like me helping bring folks in, it's mm-hmm. not going to fill their building up enough. Yeah, That's kind of what's evolved over the years with the senior referral placement industry. Um, And we are local. So I'm a local company. You've probably heard of a place for mom. Yeah. That's more of a national company. Mm -hmm. And so they don't necessarily have boots on the ground right here in Omaha. I live born and raised here. You're sitting in the kitchens, in the living rooms with Mm -hmm. folks, understanding what's best for you, what's best for your family, and then walking them through these communities Mm -hmm. to make sure that everybody's comfortable. Absolutely. That's coolest business concept ever. That's the other reason that I wanted to have you on this yes, last episode. I love it. So has it evolved or changed at all in the last three years since we podcasted together? I mean, I would say yes. It's changed a mm-hmm. lot since COVID times. Um, for one, during that time, we were doing a lot of Zoom tours oh, yeah. and virtual tours. And that has pretty much gone away outside of families that are out of state that aren't able to make it in for a visit. We can still do that mm-hmm. um, as well as FaceTime, you know, whatever works for them. But for the most part, they're all back in person. The other thing that's evolved that we've all heard about are the horror stories of being able to visit your family members in communities and leave the communities. I think that that is a thing of the past. You know, as COVID kind of comes and goes and it flares up in communities, we're not doing that anymore. As in the communities and the leadership, they've decided that that is not a good way to live your life or to do business. Yeah. So they may have that resident that has COVID, you know, go ahead and stay in their apartment and kind of quarantine in place, mm-hmm. but they're not going to make it so their family can't visit them. So if they're okay visiting and they have COVID, that's, you know, up to them. So they've really changed their tune. And that's probably the biggest thing that I guess could be a myth is a lot of people, I think, think that's still how it is. Yeah. Like we're trapped in here. And if they have a COVID outbreak, we can't leave or we can't have visitors. And that's just really you not happening. That's still very present with people. I think so. Yeah. I mean, unless they've been on a tour or been in senior living, they still, I think, assume that a little bit Mm. um, or think that they can't leave. I mean, there's just a lot of myths out there. So that's really changed. And then I think the other big change is a lot of communities have changed ownership Mm -hmm. more so after COVID than in my entire career for the last five and a half years. Not that it really matters. It's just very interesting that a lot of people are acquiring and changing and selling. So there's just been a lot of leadership changes in the community. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So 
a, a lot more balls in the air, a lot more things to keep track of. One more reason yeah. for people to work with you. And it's important for me to be transparent and tell families if I know that there has been a big change, I want them to know that because they may not have a clue. Right. If they're not in the industry and it's just like with corporate America, you have a huge change. It's going to affect everybody below the leadership. Yeah. And so sometimes it can be a little bit rough for a while. So that's just something else that I can bring as a value to families so they're aware. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Impactful business. Yes, it is. How has your business, you talk about day-to-day operations of your business, you've undoubtedly have a lot of growth and evolution over the five years, mm-hmm. if you could give Nikki from 2018 some advice, hindsight being 2020 vision, mm-hmm. what advice would you give Nikki five years ago? I think the biggest thing that I've learned is letting go of having control of everything. <laughs> <laughs> and it is a very, very hard. <laughs> I'm laughing because... I've given myself that advice a lot. (laughs) So you think, I mean, for any business owners out there listening or thinking about starting a business is it's your baby. And you'll always hear people say, no one's ever going to run it like you will, or no one's ever going to care as much as you care as the business owner. Mm -hmm. So sometimes that can be a double-edged sword because you want to keep that all to yourself and you want to make sure you can micromanage the whole process and everything. And so what I learned, so it was probably right before or actually right after our last podcast, I brought on help. Yeah. And that's really my biggest lesson is to do it sooner and don't be so stubborn and think that you don't need help or you're doing fine or it's okay to burn the candle at both ends, you know, really trying to let go. So like Elsa, let it go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just really asking for help and knowing what, I don't enjoy doing as part of the business and finding someone else that does enjoy that. So I enjoy being with the families, helping the families, talking them through everything, going on the tours. But a lot of the back office administrivia, I like to call it, (laughs) is not my favorite thing. And it's something that I needed to let go of so I could be more present and also have more balance. So that's probably my biggest lesson. Somebody that compliments you well. Yes. And that's Robin. Somebody's like, I don't need to talk to the people. Just let me do the stuff. That's right. So Robin Plaggy is my gal. And she's amazing. And She is amazing. She's kind of like my COO. So she does the operations and Mm -hmm. keeps me sane Mm -hmm. and organized. And it's the best thing I ever did. And Robin knows the business from a customer's perspective, She does. Yes. So I helped her with her dad and... We um, went through the whole process together and it was very rewarding. And she actually reached out to me and was like, this is amazing. You know, she had been in kind of a whole different business for many, many years and wanted to know if there was any room for her on my team. And I was like, this is meant to be. Yeah. (laughs) I think there might be room. So (laughs) it was really neat. And it, it really does help having her. She's been there, done it, lived it. And that really makes a difference when you're talking to families. They know if you are passionate and that you care and both of us have been through it and lived it. And I think it makes a big difference. Yeah, no doubt. So, yeah, I mean, it's such a, it's almost unfair, right? Sometimes the most important decision somebody's going to make for their parents is the first one they have to make Mm -hmm. when those roles switch. And yep. it's a decision on this, whether they stay in their home or 
find the right place for them to move into. Yep. And I always say it's, to me, it's the hardest thing you have to do outside of losing them. It's, it's hard. You know, I mean, you're losing, you could be losing the house you grew up in for 60 years or that they've lived in for 60 years. Just all the memories and the grief that goes along with moving and having to make a big change. So I think it is literally the hardest thing, not only for the adult children, but for, you know, mom and dad. Yeah. So. Man, you use the word, word grief there. You're right. I mean, people are grieving the loss, and including adult mm-hmm. children or whomever in the family is helping to make the decision. Yeah. Um, they're losing something, right? They're, losing, yeah. they're feeling like they're losing a piece of their childhood, mm-hmm. their identity, et cetera. Yeah, tough situation. It's very tough, well, for thank sure. thank you for what you do. Yes, Absolutely. <laughs> So this has probably changed you a little bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm a lot more patient, too. <laughs> Wait, what? I used to be very impatient, and my seniors teach me patience. Oh, yeah. I got to slow down. You know, you can't, <laughs> can't talk so fast, and you can't just be like, boom, boom, boom. You have to really take your time with them. And it's, it's a great lesson, and it's taught me a lot, but I mm-hmm. think that I've really improved my patience, which is very shocking for my family and friends. <laughs> <laughs> so... How else have you changed? I mean, I think it's just been, it's been a roller coaster, but I think I've become more financially free, um, independent, if you will. You know, I've never, I kind of always, you know, I was with corporate America and everything was great, but I never felt so independent with my finances. And so, well, um, I don't even know the word I'm having a loss for words, but I just feel comfortable, Mm -hmm. um, with where I'm at. And it's hard when you, you know, feel like that for the first time in your life, it's very rewarding. And when you start your business and you're scared and you're crying and there's so many tears, you're like, okay, is this ever going to work? When am I yeah. going to turn, you know, the page? Cause there's so much, it's not for the faint of heart, you know, so much work and you know, and so I think that it's changed a lot for that piece of things. And like I said, the patience. And then just really understanding people and their emotions and meeting them where they're at. Yeah. It's just, it's come a long way. So I, I feel like I'm like part therapist too, which is, <laughs> it's fun. I like it, but it's, it's tough. A lot of emotions. Would you do it all over again? Yes. Yeah. 100%. So anytime I have someone call me within the franchise or another franchise, you know, it's like, would you do this again? Would you do this all over again? And I say, Absolutely. But I make sure they know, like, you do not want to do this for the money because it'll just show right through you. And it is hard. You know, I put everything I had into it. I didn't have a slush fund or a trust fund or any spouse to help me with that. And um, it's not for the faint of heart, like I said. Yeah. But absolutely, it's the best thing I've ever done and the most rewarding. And I'm the owner, so I don't have to ask my boss if I can go on vacation. Mm-hmm. I can ask myself. No more PTO forms. Right. right? Yeah. It's very nice (laughs) when you like to travel. (laughs) And you did. I had, as we talked about in the first episode, I had the privilege and honor of working with you Mm -hmm. when you were on the search, on the hunt. And it was not a simple process. I mean, I give you a lot of credit. You were a young, I think barely 30, Mm -hmm. single female. You didn't have some war chest, right? You didn't have wealthy family members to rely on or, you know, credit from another business. Yep. We looked long and hard and you heard no a lot. Yes, I did. And especially when it came to the funding, I was told no by every bank and credit union that I went to, including my own. And, um, 
it was very defeating, but I was not giving up, you know, thanks to you kind of saying, all right, well, let's try this and maybe we go this route. And so I didn't give up, even though I thought about it a couple times, but that was, you know, really, really tough because you shouldn't have to be rich or wealthy or have a spouse that has money to be able to start a business. There has to be other options. And I guess I kind of found the way to do that. Um, so I ended up using the Nebraska enterprise fund as a resource and that was also the best thing I ever did. I mean, it's, it's an amazing organization and I only learned about it through you, but to this day, I mean, I tell every single person about them because you never know if they could be an opportunity for you or someone, you know, their micro lending program is fantastic. You know, when a bank Mm -hmm. tells you no, and lots of times bank tells you no, because it's like, we're not going to do a loan that small, right? Yeah. It's not that we don't, it's not that we don't think you can do it, but like, eh, it's not really. Yep. There's a micro lending opportunity like them. So it was great. So my follow-up question to that is you went through all of that. What kept you going? What was it that made you so determined to find a solution, to find a way? I mean, we went through how many businesses that we looked at together Mm -hmm. and how many different, as you said, how many different options for finding the money to make this happen. And you never gave up. Why? Like, what was the driving force there? I mean, honestly, I think I just knew deep down because I had kind of told you I was interested in this concept, um, you know, from the beginning. And we looked at other concepts as well. But I knew that this could work. And I knew that I had gone through so much heartache with my grandparents and just being that person for our seniors. I just was like, well, I'm going to I'm going to do this. Like, I'm going to figure it out. And also, I always believe in, like, failure is not an option. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what I did when I started my business is I didn't have a backup plan. And I think that's exactly how it should be. Because if you don't have a backup plan, it's really easy to just say, well, I'll just go back to, you know, find another job. I mean, of course, I could if I had to. But it's a great way to think about it because then you really hustle a lot harder, I feel like. Plan B is plan A is going to work. Yes. And that is what drove me the entire time. So, yeah, I never told you this, but um, without releasing your name, I was having a conversation with fellow franchisees at one of our national conventions, and we were talking about when do you rule somebody in and rule somebody out? Like, don't don't keep somebody's hopes up. And I held you out as an example, <gasps> oh, um, because you know, again, we. We knew we weren't looking for the most expensive franchise at McDonald's or, you know, something that was real capital intensive. And uh, I was talking to you about it as a, as a success story in the micro lending. And, um, and somebody said, why did you invest? Why did you continue to invest that time? I hadn't told them that we already knew each other. Mm-hmm. And that I knew you'd kick my ass if I didn't find you. <laughs> <it. No. laughs> yeah. Better not fire me. So why did you continue? Why did you keep investing time? And I said, you know, because you can't. You can't put a number on grit. Mm -hmm. And that's what you have in spades. Yeah, people see that now. Well, I appreciate it. And it's, you know, if you go through an extra form like Nebraska Enterprise Fund, it's not just going to happen. So I had to go then to the Nebraska Business Development Center. I had to create my business plan because they request a lot more than what you originally might submit to like a bank. And so that was also very rewarding and cash flow documents and Excel spreadsheets. And it teaches you a whole lot. And to this day, I help people that are wanting to start businesses sharing all of that. 
That's because I, there, I want to help people. So, you know, I might clear out all my figures just so they're not confused and like, Mm -hmm. Hey, use this spreadsheet. It's all built in, ready to go. (laughs) And, um, the Nebraska business development center created it, but that's very generous. It was, um, it was a lot of work to get going, but like you said, you just have to have some grit and hustle and don't give up. Good for you. Yeah. So, and everything that you predicted on that business plan happened, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just exactly to a T. It was just perfect. But yeah, for the most part, I mean, not everything panned out. It It takes time to get rolling. And I think that's the thing with the patience too, is it took many, many months for me to start making money. Yeah. And I knew I had a year planned out, like I'm going to go for a year and without making a dime and I'm going to make this work. So it was very, um, scary. Yeah. But I remember those conversations, mm-hmm. yeah. but I guess it makes the success all that much more sweeter, huh? Yes. When you look back and you were crying a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I was. <laughs> oh, we all did at one yeah, point. Or exactly. at least we cried to ourselves. Maybe we didn't show it, but yep. We can cut this out if you don't like this question, but it's just not a question I did want to ask mm-hmm. you. What would your grandparents think of what you're doing? Well, I think that so my grandpa passed away. Sorry, this is falling down. And um they I think they really were like didn't understand it. Cause they're like, you just want us to go to assisted living. Is that, is that why you do this? And it's like, no, but my grandma, I actually just saw her yesterday and we go to Sartino's, you know, that's her favorite place to eat. And I had told her I met with her doctor mm-hmm. and she like loves her doctor and all that. And so it was just kind of cool. Cause she's like, well, why, what are you talking to my doctor about? And I'm like, about what I do. And she's like, Oh, now I get it. And, um, so, I mean, she, I think she's proud of me. She gets it mm-hmm. and she shares, you know, with some of her gals cause she is now in assisted living. So that was very rewarding to be able to help oh, with that wow. process. Um, but yeah, so I think she's, she's proud of me. They both were, but like my grandpa didn't quite grasp it other than like, what are you trying to do to me? Thinking I was just doing it just for them. <laughs> and, um, you know, they can think whatever they want. Yeah. So, yeah. But they're the reason why I really wanted to do this is just everything I had been through way back when, probably 10 years ago plus with them and some health issues and Mm -hmm. things like that, where I just remember getting this list with a bunch of papers stapled together and said, well, here are the places that you could go maybe. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, that does not help me whatsoever. Go make the most important decision you'll ever make. Yeah. So I want, my goal was I want to replace that list with me, a person. So that's what I do. And then you were there to help your grandma having all this knowledge. Yes. Even though she didn't want to go, we, we got it figured out. Yeah. But imagine (laughs) how much harder it would have been on everybody around her if there wasn't you. Yeah. She was very grateful for that. So Congratulations. Thanks. Talk about a business coming full circle. Yeah. And a business mission coming full circle. Mm-hmm. Yep. And never, no day is ever the same. So what's next for you? Oh, that's a loaded question. Yeah. Vacation? No. <laughs> <laughs> you just remind me, I had this whole introduction for you as far as your background. Entrepreneur, elder care advocate, community connector all around small business inspiration. I mean, I think that says it. There's, you were being very uh, 
humble about it, but there's a lot of people that come to you, and I think a lot of female aspiring entrepreneurs that come mm-hmm. to you for advice. Yeah, it's very rewarding because I love to help and mentor and make connections, and you're the same way. I mean, I pretty much learn from the best, but I never believe that anyone is not a great person to meet with. Everybody's a great person to meet with because I might be able to help them meet somebody. They might be able to help me meet somebody. I might work with them five years down the road. Um, I just love helping people. And I think when people know that you come from that servant mindset, they're going to want to help you as well. And you just have to have that and believe it, you know, Mm -hmm. when you say it. Um, And uh, also, what am I doing tonight is the best of Omaha thing. And I got best of Omaha. So that's fun. Congratulations. So yeah, there's a little cocktail, little party tonight. So I'm excited for that because this will be the first year. Wow. Yeah. On the heels of getting your 40 under 40 designation in the last year. Yeah. Right? That was really neat too. Because I, I always like dreamt of like, I want to be that person. I want to get that. And I'm, I'm 37 now. So I'm like, I was cutting her a little close. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. One of those little tangible things, right? Yeah. That, oh, hit the milestone. Yeah. It was very cool to do that and be a part of that group. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. That's first I heard of it. Or if the email went out, I'm sorry, I missed it. Yeah, I don't think they've like fully announced it yet until after this event, but um, it was, it was kind of cool to be a part of that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What else should we know about what's next for Nikki Wolf? I mean, I think it's just keep doing what I'm doing, doing it right. I have no desires to be the Walmart. Or to take over, you know, the, the world. Because don't I want to become the franchisor. No, I don't. It's just, you know, I want to take care of our big, little, small community that we have where everybody seems to know everybody and just do it right. And that's really what's next for me. I may have another advisor join me down the road just to be able to, you know, have a little bit more capacity and things like that. But other than that, just keep doing what I'm doing and doing the right thing for families and then having a little fun and traveling in between. Yeah. That's what I love to do. So sounds like a good plan. Yeah. <laughs> it's working. Well, congratulations. Thanks Happy again. for you. Yeah. Thank yeah. You. And thank you for being here on Absolutely. this last episode. Yes. So. It's very, thank you for giving me the opportunity to, to do this because it's pretty, um, bittersweet. Yeah. That's the right word. Yeah. We selected well. I knew we did. Yeah. So for our last guest. Yeah. So I'm going to have you help me with the closing here because there's so many different ties that bind. You're talking about the bittersweet and what comes next and, Mm -hmm. and being ready to evolve. And that's where we are. That's where we are with the Heartland franchise guy. This is that point where we do the awkward back and forth. We're looking at each other, looking at the camera, but it doesn't matter because nobody has to like, follow or share this one until we relaunch the Heartland franchise guy someday. So that's right. (laughs) (laughs) 2.0. (laughs) 2.0. But what I would like to say is I have a lot of people, um, including guests like you, to thank. And this was an experience that uh, I would absolutely do again. I would answer the question like you answered it for me. Would you ever do this podcast again? Yes, for sure. The fascinating people that I met and the things Mm -hmm. that I learned from people like you, it kept it keeps me inspired to hear. Sometimes it's stuff that I say out loud or say to myself, but mm-hmm. 
hearing that somebody else truly believes that and has internalized it, it's, it's uh, motivating to me as well. And that's probably been the most valuable thing that's come out of doing these episodes of being the Heartland franchise guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a lot of people to thank who've been involved in this. The Herd at Media team, most importantly, Dylan, who's the guy in the box sitting behind us, giving us the thumbs up. Man, Dylan, you poor person. You've been living with me for two years now. <laughs> you and my wife should probably tell some stories if we have some, uh, if we have some closing ceremony for this podcast. <laughs> that poor guy, he's, he's gone to hell and back with me, but... Man, have you made us look good, and you have helped to educate so many people that are thinking about entrepreneurship. So thank you for everything that you and your team have done here at Herd at Media. A big thanks to every guest that we have had. I need to go back and do the counting, but we are like almost exactly on episode 100. Even I go back and count those audio-only ones. So what a perfect time to put a bow on it and move on to the next thing. I've loved every minute of it. this will come back in some way, shape, or form at some point, but now is a good time to sunset it and move on and, and grow as an individual. But I would like to leave our listeners with some, some closing thoughts, some closing advice. I mean, it's only one more you got to listen to, so you might as well stick it out for a couple more minutes here. <laughs> and plus, Nikki's here. so Nikki said it very well. Um, the... It's not easy. Starting your own business, doing your own thing isn't easy. It isn't supposed to be easy. If it was simple, if there was no risk, everybody would do it, right? And the reward wouldn't feel so fantastic. So here's the advice I would leave you with. If you're somebody listening and thinking about, should I or should I not start that next business? Should I start my first business? Should I take the leap? Do I take the risk of getting rid of the paycheck? Nobody has ever sat on their deathbed and said, Ah, I wish I would have taken less risks. I wish I would have taken less chances. I wish I would have tried less things and maybe had a few less experiences. And I wish I would have never pushed myself out of my comfort zone so much. Those are all things that nobody's ever said on their deathbed. We could make a t-shirt out of it. Maybe we will. (laughs) But my point is, You will live to regret it if you don't live a life free of regrets. You will learn to redefine what risk is when it's too late if you don't take a chance. Risk redefined is, what if I don't try what I've always wanted to do? What if I don't go after my dreams? What if I don't ever get the chance to know what it's like to never fill out another PTO form? Franchising or not? I love the franchising industry. I've spent 100 episodes in several years telling you how much I love it and why I love it. Or had other people come on and do a better job of that. It doesn't matter whether it's a franchise or not. If you want to try your own thing, do it. Don't wait. Don't wait until the time is perfect. It's like waiting until the time is perfect to have kids. It'll never happen. And it'll be messy and it won't be easy. And yeah, you've got a bit of an owner's manual. But as Nikki said, she's part of a franchise system and she had advisors helping her with the funding and everything else. But still, it's unscripted, and that's what makes it so exhilarating and so fun. And it's scary, but it is the best scary you'll ever experience. 
it's like being at the top of the hill on the roller coaster. And when you get to the bottom, you're like, thank God I did that because yes. this is unbelievable. I can't believe the feeling I have. And that really is the feeling, all, all pomp and circumstance aside, it's a feeling you get when you realize you can do this, you can be your own independent business. And so if there's any thought in your mind about should I do it, take the leap, start your own thing. Reach out to me, but if you don't want to reach out to me, then reach out to somebody that you trust to guide you and advise you on it. Because there is a world of opportunities out there and you will regret it. The question I've asked so many people on this podcast, I think pretty consistently almost every episode for the last year is, what do you hope your 80-year-old self says about you? Tell you what, don't let that 80-year-old self say to you, why didn't you? You're going to miss 100% of the shots that you never take in life. So take some big shots. Personally, professionally, do your own thing. Be your own boss. It's all within your grasp. The only thing that's holding you back is you. And that same person is going to unleash an incredible power and make you a success in business. Just like Mrs. Nikki Wolf here. Everybody doubted her. She had grit. She made it happen. You can make it happen too. Just like you helped me make this podcast happen. So one last time, thank you. A Huda Media Production.